Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, welcome back to another show. This is episode number 264, and we are right in the middle of September. If you're listening to us live, if not, whenever you listen, we're happy that you're here. But my guest today is Rebecca Lyons. Before I tell you about Rebecca, I do want to let you know that if you're listening to this in real time and you happen to be going to If Lead this week in Dallas, come say hi. I absolutely love meeting listeners. In fact, just recently at church, a sweet young girl came up to me and she said, hey, I'm visiting from San Diego. I listened to your show. And I said, thank you so much for listening. I honestly really do like meeting you guys. So anyhow, if you're at If Lead in Dallas, come say hi. So my guest today is my friend, Rebecca Lyons. Now, Rebecca was recently one of our guests at Happy Hour Live. And she was also a happy hour guest way back on episode number 129. So over 140 episodes ago, Rebecca and I sat down. And so she's back today. There's something I know about every single time I sit down with Rebecca. Number one, we're going to laugh. Rebecca is funny. Number two, we're going to cry. Rebecca really gives great space for deep conversations. And number three, we're going to worship. Rebecca is a truth teller, and I am 100% for that. On today's show, we talk about how God brought their joy to their family in the last year through their daughter, Joy. We also talk about how much of what Rebecca's new book, Rhythms of Renewal, came from a relapse and a crippling battle with anxiety, worry, and fear. You know, this topic of renewal and rest is for everyone. It's been coming up a lot. Even last week with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith on the show, we talked about rest a lot and how it can be crippling in our lives. And here we are, it's coming up again with Rebecca. And I see it around me and I can't help but know that that is God who's speaking to us. And I hope that you, like me, might use this time to ask God, how can I be intentional in this area of rest and restoration and connecting and creating for this life that he's given me. That's my prayer. I hope that's your prayer as well. I know you're gonna love this conversation because I loved it when I sat down with Rebecca when we recorded this. But before we get to that, I do wanna say thank you. I wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our friends who are part of Patreon. Patreon is this fun community that we have developed. In this past month, we've had so many new friends join us because if you did our survey we had a couple months ago, you got an invite to join Patreon for the month of September for a low, 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 almost free price. So I promise Patreon's fun. But more than that, those who have joined our Patreon party, here's what you're helping us do. And I hope that you understand that this is really, really valuable for us, is that you're helping us make an impact in the world through everything that happens at the happy hour. Sometimes this can feel like it's just a podcast that we put out there and people listen to it. But I really want you to know because of the partnership that you have with us over on Patreon, we're actually creating more ways that we can share the message that Jesus is better, 
that together we are all better and that we all have a story that matters. That's been a constant theme over at Patreon this past month. So I would like to personally invite you to join us on Patreon, to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus that we get to do through a crazy podcast called The Happy Hour. I sometimes still talk to God and say, I can't believe that you let me tell the world about you through a podcast. I'm eternally grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for those of you that are partnering with us so that we can even make more content and get more information out there. So if you're interested, go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon. If you have any questions, always send us an email, jamie at jamieivy.com. Okay, you guys, here's my conversation with my friend, Rebecca Lyons. Rebecca, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. This is fun. It's good to have you here. The last time you were on the show was number 129. Yeah. And this is in the 260-somethings. It's been a while. It's been a while. A lot of life has happened. That's true. (laughs) For both of us. For both of us. For both of us. I actually remember the first time I interviewed you, it wasn't for my show. You may not even remember this. I think, I could be wrong, I think I interviewed you for an If Gathering podcast. Oh. Were you at... It was like a resort. Yep. We call it Baby If. Baby If. That retreat I, weekend? Do you yes. Yeah. And let me tell you about that a little bit is I knew Jenny because we went to church together, but I was not doing the happy hour at Baby If. Oh. No, I didn't have a show. Okay. And Jenny just invited me to come out and do this because I had been on a radio DJ, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I guess she thought, oh, Jamie could do this. And I sat in that hotel room and interviewed people, so many people who I would now call today friends. Isn't that fun? That I had never met. I didn't know anything about any of these people. Yes, same. I didn't know anyone that weekend but a couple. Really? And I had flown in from New York and I had only met Jenny like six months prior, actually. How did, this is not a podcast about Jenny, it's about you, but how'd you meet Jenny? Uh, th- through, I think Brad Lominick connected okay. she and I. Isn't that his job? <laughs> Connecting <laughs> he is, people? He is the connect- I think he connected us at Passion with me and Lindsay Nobles and Cade was okay. there with me. Okay. <laughs> and I remember like we were sitting on bar stools at some like breakout at the arena, whatever. And Cade just kept like burping and laughing the whole time. And I was like, yeah, this is me and my my man child who's just trying to flirt with you guys right now. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. And then if, baby, and then if. I feel and- like I should clarify a little bit about Cade, but they're like, you should oh, clarify. Your son. your son just burps when you meet people. That's great. No, Cade is a flirt and he's 18 now, which is crazy, but he was probably 14 at the time. Um, but he, you know, was born with Down syndrome. And so he loves all the pretty girls. And so whatever it takes to get their attention. He's going to do it. Yeah. He'll hug. He'll linger. We're like, that's enough. That's good. (laughs) We're good. I can't believe he's 18. I know. February this year, I have a literally adult human child. Okay. So introduce everybody to your family because you have four kids. Tell us their ages and Yes. So Kate's 18, Pierce is 16, Kennedy's 14. And now we have Joy, who's just turned six. We've had her for nine months. So you have, she, she started kindergarten? Yes, this week. And what grade is Kate in? Kate's a senior. Senior. Just, you know, You are bookend. just, <laughs> you're like, hey, let's not be like an empty nester house. Let's start yeah, over. I know. I know. We, we thought we were going to be empty nesters in five years, and now we're back in kindergarten. So there are our Down syndrome bookends. It's crazy. I say bookends like like I'm playing are God you and that we're done. I hope. I mean, I hope we are, unless God decides. You know, I you said are I, not definite about no, that. Well, I if I am, it's going to come back to bite me because I remember telling Kennedy about joy or about adoption years ago. I'm like, it's not going to happen. So I've just learned in life. I don't definitively say that nothing's not going to happen because if I do, it will likely happen. So this is more just 
to just it's keep, to, it's protection it's yeah. self protection <laughs> it's to so. me to just release control girl cuz uh-huh. i have been a control freak for earlier part in my life i try to not be like that so much now okay so four kids bookends both born with down syndrome mhm what led you guys to adopt and then to adopt your daughter with special needs well so when we had Cade, Pearson, Kennedy, all two years apart, I had emergency C-section for Cade and then just kept having more with Kennedy and Pierce. So after three of them, my doctor's like, "You, it's not great for you to have any more kids from, you know, just the way your body's, the shape that your body's in. And I remember telling Gabe, if it's a girl, because we didn't find out with Kennedy. I said, if it's a girl and I'm already, you know, oh, but <laughs> in the middle of a C-section, unless I would like to get my tubes tied. And I was only 31. So I don't know that I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my mind, I was like, I'm maxed out. Kay didn't walk till he was three or go number two in the potty till he's six. So, and then you already had, by the time he's yeah. six, you already have two or four kids. Yeah, I had three kids. in diapers at that point yeah. still. And I just was or about to have three in diapers. And I just was, I was like, I'm out. Like, we're good. We're full. And so he said, only if you're open to adoption. Immediately. That's what Gabe said. Oh, yeah, I will never forget it. We were in the pool on a baby moon in like the Bahamas. And I I'm like, like I that kind of baby moon yeah, you guys are every on. Every year we would go somewhere sunny. So my belly would be like, you know, eight months, seven months big in some swimsuit. But for whatever reason, that's what we did. And he said, immediately, only if you're open to adoption. And I was like, well, of course I'm open. I mean, I love God. (laughs) I love that. Like, I'm not going to say no. I'm open. But, you know, what? at what range of openness are you referring to? And so it became a three-minute conversation about every three years ever since. Really? Yeah. So we moved to New York. That became our fourth baby, it felt like, because I was like overwhelmed with all the things. And we were sharing an apartment, all five of us, obviously, downtown, um, I think a thousand square feet. And the three kids were in the master bedroom, like three bears, like lined up in twin beds. And Gabe and I would fall in the second bedroom and there's the bed. And so it never felt like a realistic thing in New York. Um, But once we got to Nashville five years ago, it started coming back up again. And I remember two years in, so three years ago, I pulled in my garage in my minivan and you know how the kids go in and you stay in the garage because you just want it it to stay quiet. And I just remember saying, God, if you want this to happen, um, I need you to bring her right here, like put her photo right in front of my face and I'll name her Joy. And it had come after, you know, a seven year run of like, coming out of depression and anxiety. And I just kept claiming, restored in me the joy of my salvation. And Psalm 126, like, if you sow in tears, you'll um, reap a harvest with songs of joy. And so two years later, I get a text photo right in front of my face of a girl in Beijing from my friend Meredith. And she said, her file's going to the States tomorrow. And I was like, and I, at this did point, you know about Joy? No. And at this so Meredith, since you, I mean, yes. I know your friends, so it's like you hadn't texted before, but this is yeah. a random Yes. This little girl. She would sometimes send me photos of kids with Down syndrome she'd get, but it was like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. cute. But like, it was off the table for us. Uh-huh. We were about to have our 20th anniversary. And I said, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> to the Lord or to Meredith? <laughs> to, to both. To both. <laughs> because sometimes I'm like, I feel like she speaks for God sometimes. Right, right. sometimes I'm like, why yeah. are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, she's adorable. What's her name? And she said, Kara. And I said, do you mean the Greek word for joy? You did not. You knew that. Uh-huh you're a smart yeah. Bible well, teacher. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have Ann Voskamp to thank because um, Eucharisteo, when she wrote 1,000 Gifts, she always talked about C-H-A-R-A is the root word for joy, giving thanks and praise. And um, and I was with Ann Voskamp, like three international trips that one year she was adopting. 
And I and she and Meredith would be up all night on Boxer, like just talking about everything going on. And I was like, okay, this is a lot in my face. And I had to wrestle with it. And then, so I told Gabe. Had you told Gabe about the in my face, yeah. then it's a yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, well, I think you forgot. I'm pretty sure you forgot. Because again, two years had gone by and we were not at all thinking that yeah. direction. And so then the next day I was like kind of reluctant and nervous to show him her photo. And he's like, she's cute. But, you know, again, I feel like we're good. And then he watched the Beatitudes Project by Studio. Have you seen? No. He texts me like the next day. It had only been two days. And he said, we need to talk about Kara. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I believe it's an invitation into something. And this will matter probably more than anything we do to God. And I was like, you were supposed to be my out. Right. <laughs> you, I was depending on you to say we are at mass capacity. Yeah. But once, and Gabe's like a man of such conviction that once he says yes, why would we even bother talking about it anymore? It's like we're, yeah. we're in. Yeah. I needed a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we were matched within three weeks and got brought her home within a year. So it's crazy. And yeah. how is life nine months later? You know, she is every bit her name, as you guys know, if you follow my Joystagram, it's like, I feel like she's hijacked my Instagram, yeah. but she's just got such a sweet nurturing spirit of her, in her, which is remarkable for me being an orphan. She was a, you know, she was left at a hospital at four months and, you know, in an orphanage that whole time, except for the one year she was with Meredith, she went back the seven months before we brought her home. But it's remarkable to me, like how nurturing she is with babies and like even Kate, she'll be like, it's okay, it's okay. Oh, so sorry, it's sorry. Like she just wants to make sure all her people are good. And she's obviously the most secure when we're all together. And they say attachment, you know, needs at least three to six months to form. And now we're at nine months. And I feel like in the last month, especially before going back to school, she really kind of is walking around the house like confident in who she is as ours, which is really sweet. It's cool to see that. And I think that's hard to explain until you actually live with that 24 Mm seven. And you do start to see these little minor things that nobody would really notice. And you go, oh, they feel safe because they just did that. Where it would look like complete normal things for a, a typical kid who'd been in a family his entire life from birth. You see them do something and you go, that means she feels safe. Yeah. Yeah. Those and are you, fun and you, moments. It is. I know you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love and watching I mean, you guys. Even like, I even think we're, this is crazy. I'm about to blow your mind. October and January will be 10 years since our kids have been home. Are you serious? Yes. It's like a decade. Wow. And I just think I have, obviously I have memories before they were here, but my oldest kids were like six and four when they came home. So, or my other kids in but I look back and I think, man, I still see moments mm. where I go, oh, you feel unsafe or you feel really safe. And we're mm. 10 years in, mm. yeah. you know? And so it's yeah. this continual thing. And it's almost like, I, I don't want to over-spiritualize it, but I sometimes feel even like this in my relationship with the Lord. I've been following Jesus for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And there are sometimes I do things and I go, I really trust you so much with this. And I can tell, but because of the way I'm reacting to discipline or you know, change or whatever it might be, I go, I'm starting to really trust you mm, in yeah. 20 years, yeah. you know? Right. And we're still doing that. I know. And it's so sweet because even with adopting her, I, I just kept asking God, like, does this mean I quit working again? Because, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have my own thing the first 15 years of marriage. So really only in the last six or seven years have I been writing and teaching, traveling. 
And I, do I quit writing or teaching or traveling? And God just kept saying, do you trust me? There was no answer. I was like, yeah, that's what this is about, isn't it? You know, just this, I'm willing to lay it all down, but maybe I will, maybe I won't, maybe I won't need to, yeah. or maybe it'll look different, but he's just saying, I'm inviting you into something. I'm not trying to give you the whole playbook right now. That is <laughs> a scary place to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, just yeah. I've had situations in my life where it's like, we don't know what that looks like right. ahead, but we're just going to keep walking. And it's almost better that you don't know what you don't know because you have the grace for today and that helps you stay present and it helps you stay dependent. Yeah. And really all he's after, what I'm learning in my old age, <laughs> no, is that he's after relationship. Yeah. He's after that communion and intimacy. He's like, the journey is so much more fun if you just like embrace the journey. Like if, if you're always looking ahead, like, but when we get there, it'll all be awesome. No, it's like today is awesome because you're with me. Mm. We talked about this a little bit before uh, we started recording, but we were both friends with Winter Pitt who passed away last July. July. And um, I think about even what you were just saying, like I think about what her death has shown me mm. is that is that every single day matters right. and every single day counts. And I think what I learned the most from her death, and actually I want to ask you, I didn't even plan on this, what you learned the most, but I think what I learned the most is, and I don't know if this was said at the funeral or not, I can't, I don't have a memory of that, is that Winter, her life wasn't actually cut short, that this is what God planned for her. And for us, it feels like a disadvantage because we think we should all get 80 years. Like that's like, that's the average we get 80 years and then we go home and see Jesus and that feels normal. But God actually has purpose in everything. And Winter lived her fullest life of 36, 37 years. And that's what it's shown me is like, whatever I get is A, what God wanted me. And I want to live like it all matters. You know, I was telling you before, like, I don't know, how old are you and Gabe? I'm 45. He's 44. Okay. So you're, yeah. I'm an older woman I'm too. Nine, I know, nine months older. I'm like, I remind him of that. I know. Once I'm in a six while. months older. I'm like, older women make good lovers. I don't know if that's true, but we'll, we're going to own it. Um, but I think like we, I was telling you, like I want our forties to count. Like I want it to be big. Yeah. You know, what did losing our friend Winter do for you? Well, I think, so Jonathan and the girls live right by us and we are in each other's lives every day. Um, and, and Jonathan has been such a dear friend. Um, and watching him, I was just telling him the other night, I was just like watching the way, you're an incredible dad. Mm. Um, and just watching the way you have walked through this year and processed and invited people in is such a, it's, oh, it's such an honoring, like I feel honored. But one thing I have noticed with Winter's passing is I don't even think I grasped what an incredible mom she was oh. until now, like watching her girls and seeing the legacy that is on their lives, like just the anointing that's there, the grace, the honesty. You know, um, I love just Alina's honesty. She's she's not gonna she's not gonna pretend, and I respect that so much about her. Um, and just the positivity of all of them in general. Not that they're not being honest with pain, but, sure. but just like even still, I will praise you. That yeah. kind of idea. We're yeah. all in the same church as well, um, and school. So like, there's a lot of crossover, but. Death is, um, it's a real thing. I lost my dad last April mm -hmm. and three months before winter. And I just, it, it was a year of really having to go like, you never know how you'll handle death till it comes. But there is such an honoring thing to really look at it and not rush by it. Mm -hmm. Give it pause, give it weight, honor, honor those people. And you're right. 
um, God says, all my, all your days are written in plan before one of them begins. So, and his works are wonderful. So it's kind of this like double-edged thing. Like, well, my dad got 78 years, you know, um, that still felt too soon. Mm-hmm. So it, at the end of the day, it's like, what are they leaving behind yeah. to the generation behind them? And I think winter's, there's gonna be a long line there. I agree. I agree. I'm honored that I was able to know her. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off.
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you, Rebecca Lyons, have a new book coming out October 1st, uh, Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. I think I read somewhere, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think I read somewhere that this, these words that you birthed in these pages came out of a maybe a kind of a surprise anxiety attack that you thought you were done with. Right. Yes. Is that, is that, did yes. I read that right? Yeah. So, I, so yeah. almost this moment of, I thought I was past this. Yeah. Tell me about what that looked like and how that came to, to pass. Well, when we moved to New York in 2010, I had panic disorder about four months in for the next year and a half. And then I'll never forget the moment where I just cried out for rescue and the peace of Christ flooded my, my, my heart. And it was the first time I didn't have to run from a panic, like from the situation for it to subside. It just like was done. So normally you would deal with them in a different way. Well, because panic for me, panic attacks were always um, started out of claustrophobia. So anytime I was And you lived in New York City. Yeah. Okay. So on a plane, train, elevator, subway, and crowd. Your house, a thousand square feet. Yeah. Does that count? <laughs> well, only because we had a lot of windows. Okay, yeah. But I had to get on the elevator every time I would oh, go yeah. or just take the stairs, which okay. I did a lot. Yeah. Um, seven flights or nine flights. Mm-hmm. It just depended on the situation. Gotcha. So I didn't gain any weight in New York because I was basically afraid of <laughs> small spaces. Small spaces. I like this. Um, but that started, I started a healing journey. Um, the Lord started a healing journey, you know, that year after that. And I began to write about it and teach about it and talk about the rescue of God in Psalm 118, Psalm 18, and just was so transformed by that season. I really did not have another panic attack for six years. And wow. then from that moment where you from said that I felt moment, God. Yeah. Like I I just it was the middle of the night. I was came out of a dream and I woke with my heart racing. And so for a lot of people, there's different levels, varying levels of anxiety. You can have stress just crazy. And then, but over time, stress becomes to, you'll start to feel physical symptoms. For sure. And I talk about that in the book, like 77% of society feel physical symptoms now of stress, which then eventually is labeled anxiety because you have shallow breathing, your heart's racing, you can't, you know, you can't. I've experienced this. Yeah. Yeah. And call my doctor. I think I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. So the panic, it escalates into a panic moment when you feel trapped and if you don't escape, you'll die. It's almost like it's uh, fearful as if you're being held at gunpoint, but there's no logic behind it. Okay. So on a plane, I would be like, if I don't get off this plane, I'm literally- But you can't get off a plane. But you can't, right? Um, And so that's how my first panic attack began. And then all of a sudden, God puts me on a plane every week to talk about the rescue of God. (laughs) So it's like, the irony of that's not lost on me, so that's why it was surprising, obviously, to have this moment. So I begin this third book with that story, that relapse moment, and how it was so intense, probably the most intense panic attack I'd ever had, and how helpless. Where were you? Sorry. Um, I was in a bathroom stall in a 100-year-old home over the Pacific, and all our, like Gabe and I were hosting a retreat because we do that kind of um, every few months with some of the work he does. And we were hosting probably 30 people and they all gone, they'd all gone in town, Carmel by the Sea. And this, this home was, you know, literally made of solid rock and stone. It was so old and beautiful. And we were just a friend, let us use this space. And uh, I said, go ahead, I'll meet you. Um, Cause we were just taking a break between some sessions. And I said, I'll meet you. I'm just going to get a moment alone. Cause I, my ambivert was like starting to go off and I need a little time. And so I 
I go to the restroom, turn, latch the door, and it's just a little stall. It's like the little toilet stall inside of a bigger bathroom. Mm-hmm. But it was like the walls were 10, 12 inches thick everywhere. And the heavy wooden door is like, you know, those legit 100-year-old doors. Yeah. And my phone just powered off at 30% because it was like needing replaced for a while now. And the door wouldn't open and I couldn't call anyone. And no one was going to come back to the house for two hours. I was supposed to be meeting them in 30 minutes. I said, just go on ahead. And so they'd all left. Nobody was around. I couldn't yell, nothing. So picture that. Yeah, I'm-, I'm... And immediately, like, like when I'm like, you know, like you see the panic starting and you're trying to hold it down while you're trying to turn the lock, but the lock's not working. It's like jiggling, yeah. but it's old, mm-hmm. nothing's working. And then I look up and I see this tiny little window at the top of the stall. And it's probably, it's like little rounded top vintage looking. And I thought, can I fit through that? Yeah. Thing? yeah. <laughs> and I I was able to, I hoisted it. That's how the you toilet. got out. I hoisted onto the toilet and I was like, are these hips going to like, I don't know if I can actually get out of here. Um, because it technically was probably not big enough. I did scrape like my, my, my everything, my yeah. legs and everything yeah. trying to get out. But, um, I like once I collapsed onto the rocks below because it was like on a cliff yeah. thing. So I had to jimmy my way uh-huh. out of the bathroom window and drop myself down onto these rocks. And my legs were jello and I was freaking out. And I was just like, am I a fraud? I thought this was done. Like I've been preaching all this stuff and writing and man. And it made me like so confused too. But I tried to relive it for Gabe. And of course it's less dramatic when you're <laughs> never have to deal with these things. Right. And that night in bed, I remember just like, I couldn't stop crying. Like, what is this about? Because in some ways there's shame when you give way to fear like that incredibly intense. Cause I did, I was all in, I was like jumping in the deep end of fear right then. Yeah. And um, God, God just said, I don't promise that fear won't come knocking, but I always promise a way of escape. And it really shifted the way I saw emotional, mental health, um, anxiety, depression. Because I think sometimes in the church, we talk about things once they're buttoned up. Mm. And that that because, you know, Christ is in us, the hope of glory, like that that there actually won't be ever a temptation or or opposition coming at us. But that's actually not biblical at all. At all. No. Yeah. And um, And it wasn't because I lacked faith. And it wasn't because I wasn't, you know, walking close with God. It was really just because there was a moment where God needed to remind me again that like, I don't promise that suffering won't happen. I don't promise that hardship won't come, but I am Emmanuel and I'm with you always. And in the being with you, I will, I'll make, I'll make a way of escape. Like that you will be able to bear it. Now, granted, had that- like You had like a physical representation of that yeah, as well. This whole make sure. a way to escape thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I needed the lesson. I needed yeah. the kind of just the illustration of it. I need to be reminded like, it might look like a small dinky window that your hips aren't going to fit through, but he makes a way of escape. So, and I think about a lot of addictions or relapse or things like that. It, it, you know, health and sobriety looks like one day at a time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and Sometimes I would say one hour, hour at, at a time. time. Yeah. And I think coming out of like a history with anxiety or chronic crippling um, or people who just feel stressed, like that's still one day at a time, one sure. hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Your reaction to everything matters in the moment. And, and so for me, it's been more just about how do we 
how do we invite them into the every moment that we're tempted to kind of fly off? Because we're going to all have our reactions. Mm-hmm. Mine turns into that out of fear. But um, it was really more of this invitation to go, okay, like walking with you is what this is yeah. about, not me figuring it out and moving on. Yeah. So I have two questions about what you talked about. The first one is this whole idea of feeling like a fraud. And I think that that is a, it was, it illustrated itself in your life in this way, but I think I can think about ways in my own life. And the listeners are probably thinking about ways of, we think in this Christian life that once we, we're better, mm-hmm. we check it off, mm-hmm. we've accomplished that. And then when something shows back up, right. we can go, and especially because you're like, I've been teaching this. I mean, yeah. I've had that experience where I'm like, oh, I'm a liar. Yeah. That this is not true. Yeah. God, what have you done? You know? Right. But how do how did you get through on the other side of that? Of not feeling as though, oh, I'm a fraud and I Because the fraud is a lie. That's shame, right? I, am I a fraud is just shame bullying you, going, Yeah, you are a fraud, you know. Um, but that's absolutely not true. And that that's what that's what the enemy will do with like a misstep is like, oh see, yeah, you can't yeah, you do never it. really meant it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to sustain this. And it's really just to shut you up yeah. so that you actually can't forge through and go, no, actually, um, I'm glad in some ways for this. I'm glad for the misstep because it helps me keep super humble and super empathetic with everyone who who I teach or talk walk along. I'm like, this is not the story of a girl who's figured it out. This is a girl who is walking this right next to you. We're, you're not alone in it. Temptation is real accusation is real, like bullying from the enemy is real and none of us are immune to it. And the minute we start to think that we're exempt, like we're going to fall flat on our face. Yeah, yeah. And I think the stumbling too in like the Christian life and whatever it is for you, I think the stumbling is this unique opportunity to be able to seriously trust God that he's going to be continue to be with you. Because my flesh says, if I stumble, he's going to bail. Right. Because that's what humans do, you know, like Mm -hmm. in relationships, they shouldn't always be that way, but you can see human, humanity can do that. Oh, you mess up, I'm out. And so we can kind of put that on God, the father of, if I stumble, he'll he's gonna look me. at me and say, I, yeah, I, I he'll can't abandon handle it. Us. He'll abandon us. But it was God that day that actually was the voice of comfort. And so it was the accusation of the enemy that says, you're a fraud. But God's like, no, no, no. He's like, you can't, you can focus on that or you can focus that I'm always here and I'm gonna, I'm with you yeah. to the end of the age and I will offer a way of escape because yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And that is so secure, right? That's, that's, we are daughters of God. We wanna know that our father is not gonna just like bail and we're gonna be sitting in that stall, circling the stall. Um, and that was a powerful moment for me. And it really shaped and changed and shifted the way I even see my faith and my dependency on him. Yeah. So what did it look like for you days, months, couple of months after that experience of fighting off that shame, trusting that God is not going to abandon you and that he's the comfort for you? I know that's what birthed these words for you, but what did that look like over the next couple of months in your life? Well, it, it was almost like the last book I wrote was on like freedom, like you are free, like the rescue or being pulled from the pit or whatever that is. And I think we all have those supernatural moments in our lives where like all of a sudden we're like, wow, finally that broke. But then this book is about how to live free because I think he's like, let, like, come on, get away with me and you'll recover your life. So this is more about a cadence of going, I'm still not going to promise if you won't come knocking, but part of this is when I'm with you, like, let's live into these God-blessed rhythms that I actually made you for. Because often our anxiety is already at 
you know, it's ramped before we even get into that bathroom stall. For sure. Because and can you look back and see that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was traveling every weekend uh-huh. from September to May and I was too many early flights and super tired and not connecting with my people enough. And I was already- Gosh, I can look back thin. on things like that yeah. and be like, oh, and then no wonder I'm in my backyard feeling like I'm having a heart attack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do that to ourselves. And I've had to really get behind it and go, why do I push so hard? What am I trying to prove? You know, is there like a, is there a wound there that's like my significance is only attached to this? So I've had to take that back to God a lot. And I don't know that it's over, right? Because you'll have a good day or good season and then you're feeling all on top of the world. I and can handle this. You're like, this is amazing. And then yet it's not balanced. And and I, that's the goal of these rhythms is that that you take seriously the practice of rest and you restore. You get that input back in your body before you go back out and connect and create. Has joy coming into your family helped you with these rest and rhythms? Yes. I feel like I benched myself yeah. professionally these last nine months in the best of ways. I would have probably taken the whole year off if I didn't have a book card right, that I yeah. was contracted to do because I. it's been about seven years since I started and I was like, God's not, he's pretty clear on how to rest the land after seven years. So maybe this is my turn. Um, and I was really grateful for it. And so he knew, he knew even bring joy home. He's like, you're going to need to, lay this down and you need to be okay saying no to stuff and walking away. And you need to get over your idolatry of like um, maybe being respected or admired or have a reputation of someone who contributes to things and who's oh, always- that's tough stuff. Do you yeah. like digging up those wounds? Yeah. I'm hurting like that yeah. just is hard. But it's I'm, good. I'm that, yeah. It's good, but it wasn't fun. No. I'll be honest. No, the, yeah. you know, turning of that soil is always hard, but it results in beautiful things. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that led to Rhythms of Renewal. Yeah. And so in your um, beautiful cover, by the way, I have to tell you that, you. Um, you have four rhythms that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest, restore, connect, and create. And what I just noticed at first glance looking at them, and I want to hear some thoughts about it, are that the first two feel internal. Yeah. And the last two feel external. Yeah. Yeah. So they're input. And out- yeah. output is kind of how I refer to it. So rest and restore. And I start with rest because if you can't get that right, everything, everything else crumbles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? And so rest and restore are the filling back up. So rest is your inner. It's for your spiritual health, like your inner life, the reflection, time with God, solitude. Um, restore is your physical life, so your physical health. So it's all about the body um, and being active and what what are you eating and you know are you playing and just like. I love how Jesus invites us into the movement. He's like, I study this because I want science in every chapter, um, just data and research where we are now culturally, and then pairing that with faith of script, um, words of scripture because it all goes together. And I study that Jesus probably, some people say he walked about 3,300 miles in the three years he ministered. Holy cow. That's no joke. When he said, follow me, he literally meant like, no, stand up and walk with me and follow me right now. And he and got I, his steps And I was in. like, he was not sitting in a cubicle. No. You know, 20 hours or yeah. 60 hours a week. And I know that we all have different circumstances that require it, but it, it did challenge me a lot to go, I, okay, God, you're right. I'm going to get out in creation. I'm going to talk to you. And I noticed this about you, Jamie, when you're like, do your little yeah. stories on walks, because I write a chapter, take a walk and what walking actually does for our bodies. And it's it's just amazing. I even got a treadmill desk when I started writing this oh. book. Yes. Um, and so to me, walking is one of the best things for your body. Sleep is a superpower. So I write about sleep. I write so, so that those two input rhythms are vital before you go back out. We live in a very fast paced culture. I mean, it is 
it's crazy. I look back at how different things are, even for us as parents than my parents. I mean, I just don't, I don't think they had as many responsibilities as we did. They just like, we're raising kids. Now we're raising kids and we're a part of this and a part of that. And sometimes I'm like, oh, let's just go back to where like, we don't have all these things. But to say that, I feel like this rest and restore, sometimes these are super difficult for women mm-hmm. because a lot of times also we feel like we take on the weight of the house and the kids. And mm-hmm. if anything's going to get done, I got to do it. Right. Do, have you do you struggle, Have you struggled in that area? Yes. And that's when the overwhelm comes in. I mean, I'll look at laundry and all of a sudden I'll just like fade to black. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, why, uh, why am I just uh-huh. like completely stressing about this idea of just turning the laundry yeah, I know. washing machine uh-huh. on? But really that's also because the overwhelming is already up, ramped up to here because I haven't actually paused for myself. Yeah. And so I read a chapter called Morning Routine, like how I started the day now looks different than it did five years ago. And how much I am intentional to walk is different than it was because now I come back with more energy to tackle stuff if I do the rest and restore first. If I'm eating right, if I'm moving, if I'm getting that solitude, which is different than loneliness, um, solitude, you're with God. You're not, you're not, you're not just escaping and vegging out. And I also, you know, there's only so many hours a day. I don't have a lot of capacity to like binge on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that's good or bad at all. It's more just like for me to have the stamina that I need to do what we need to do for four kids, two with different abilities. Mm -hmm. um, It's just requiring pretty much all 24 hours to be pretty strategic. Yeah. And to have energy. And I write um, about taking my family through Whole30 and how it's partly because I was just- um, The kids too? Oh yeah. And they were less than excited, but um, <laughs> they stuck with it. And it actually did change the way we started eating as a yeah, family. Yeah. And, but I was, I was ready to crawl back in bed at 3 p.m. when they'd get home. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm your mom. And I hope you had a great day at school, but I'm crashing. I'm, done. I'm yeah. like crashing. Yeah. So, so what did you change about your morning routine? This is where I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, I would have to get up before they got up. And this is hard. It is hard. Um, I was never a morning person. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, and I'm proud of you that you're not because it proves you're getting more sleep than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you get up before your kids. I do. I do. And I kind of have four things I do. Um, and it's really just, I start in like the position of release. So I, I kneel. Um, I just palms up, just kneel. Where do you do this? I, it's usually, it's either in my closet or the living room. Okay. Living room is a little more comfortable because it's got a, a rug yeah. in my closet. I like try to make a pallet. And just looks I'll real, just find all the ridiculous. clothes that are on the floor that exactly. I need to hang up. Yeah. But kneeling is like, you know, such an exhale pause. And so you kind of like lay it down. Mm-hmm. You just like a slowly release. And then I just, um, I just slowly start giving thanks and praise. Like you're you're awesome. Even though I might be swirling with a bunch of tasks in my yeah. head, I need to just pause that by just telling you who you are. Because if I fix my eyes on you, you promise I'll keep her in perfect peace whose eyes are fixed on me because she trusts in me. So that peace is gonna override the crazy list that's going in my head right now before I even get the day started. And so it recenters me and then I go into just scripture. I go into journaling for sure because reflection's a big deal. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot, you know, it could be like yesterday sucked yeah. or like <laughs> Period. today's a new day. <laughs> yeah. His mercies are new. Yeah. End of story. Amen. Uh-huh. So, but it's just enough to be in tune with like what happened yesterday. And I've, I've talked a lot about that book, Every Moment Holy by Douglas McKelvey, and it's full of liturgy and it's everyday stuff. And he has one for over morning coffee. And so I read that almost every morning and I put it in the book. Wow. He gave me permission. Yeah. Um, 
so just that that kind of that fullness of that gratitude journal prayer um, and scripture. It's nothing new, but it's I just kind of outline the way it just I sets do. your day up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just something about a quiet house, you really do feel like you're not being rushed, yeah. and it doesn't have to be long. But it just needs to be intentional. Mm, yeah, yeah. I feel that too. If I do get up before the kids, which has happened every day this summer. I mean, you know, yeah. they're sleeping in and I'm mm-hmm. getting up and it is it is nice. Sometimes they're not even up when I come home from a walk and it just yeah. feels like, oh. Yeah. Um, walking's been really good for me. I'm so proud of you, girl. I am proud of myself too. I was a runner my whole life and uh-huh. I have some back issues and so I can't run anymore. So walking, I've had to get over that I feel like a loser. You don't. No, because oh, well, I used to run. Oh. And so for me, walking's like, oh, you're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to bury that and just feel like I'm yeah. doing something for my body and I feel better when I come home. So, well, our one of our dearest friends in Nashville, Ben Crane, is a PGA golfer and he's been doing it for forever. So he's like the most professional athlete that we personally, and he goes, walking is the best thing you can do. It's better than running. Thank you, it's better than anything. Um, because everything else gets hard on your body yeah. and then you have injuries and then you got to make up for that. But walking, and then I write a lot in that chapter how it stirs your creativity. If you have a writer block, you you have to get out and you'll work it out because it's subconscious because yeah. you're just you're just walking. And then your so brain starts things. connecting the dots. I've always done that. Of, I've, even before I was doing what I do now, when I would be on runs, I would always think of things like, mm-hmm. and you know, and then I'd put them in my notes because it does, mm-hmm. it gets your brain moving. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so then you have the output. Yeah, output or connect and create. And this reminds me a lot of you. I think like, I love asking people, what do you think your healthiest rhythm is? Because we're all gonna have one that's just more effortless for us. It's mm. more kind of in our wheelhouse of yeah. personality. And it's not a bad, it just means we probably need to give some attention to the, other the others three yeah. so that they don't get neglected yeah. or we start to stress. Um, but connection is all about relational health. So, you know, whether it's your spouse or, or your children, or if you're single, obviously your friendships, your community, your workplace, um, so chapters in that section are more like lead with vulnerability and um, apologize first as one on conflict resolution, one on friendship, marriage, love the one you're with, you know? And that takes that takes a lot of intention 22 years in. Isn't that a country song? I, I love think, the one you're with. I think it is. It should be, if not. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and then the last one is create and that's vocational health. So it's like the call or the purpose or the passion. And there's just really practical stuff like working with your hands or taking a class or learning something new, um, taking a risk. One's pulling weeds, like recover your passion. And my kids are like, you you think that pulling weeds is pa- is your passion? I was like, no, that's that wasn't the point of the chapter <laughs> um, because I made them pull weeds last week. Uh-huh, yeah. They're like, this is not my this passion. This is not my mom. passion. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I was like, trust me, it's not mine either. That yeah. was not the point. But it it's has to, to get pull done. away the things actually cloud your passion. Yeah. So um it's it was a fun it was a fun book hard it took me fifteen months to write. Are you serious? Because of all the research I did, yeah. Okay, so I am a really big fan of this, and I don't think I've ever told you this publicly. I'll tell you publicly because you should you should encourage people publicly. That's what we should do in our life. Aww. Um, you're one of my favorite Bible teachers to sit under. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Serious. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's crazy because so, I've only gone to kitchen seminary. Kitchen seminary. That's the best seminary. My kitchen island. Yeah, that's that's me as well. So, um, but I love everything that you're doing uh, with mm-hmm. your life, and it's fun to watch your your family on Instagram, and um, it's just been. I really respect and admire the way that forty. Would you say you are forty four? I'm forty five. Forty five. So owning it. But like I, I'm like oh, I'm owning. Yeah. I love it. Like yeah. I'm like this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is what we're for made sure. for. I'm not. Who cares? I know. I wrote 45 in my journal on May 12th. That's my birthday. 
And I remember like a couple weeks prior, I was like, oh, I'm 45. And then I wrote it and I was like 45. And I immediately felt prompted to go like, girl, stop acting like you're so old. You might only be halfway done. That's you, exactly right. And God was just kind of gave me a little like hand slap, like, come on. You have, you could have still half of your life ahead of you. Why are you acting like you're tired all the time? And I was like, I guess I need to, I had to take these rhythms seriously because we have a six-year-old with Down syndrome who we might, you know, you never know what like life will look like for her as an adult. I was like, babe, we got to get, we got to get our house in order. (laughs) We got to get our rest and renewal down. Yes, (laughs) Yes, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I'm like, man, I, let's say we get 80 years. That means we have half of our life left. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Oh my gosh. That's all, and that's amazing. I really only started living life 10 years ago, so I'm so right. happy about that. I know, I know. Well, you're making up for lost time. I know. He's this redeeming is, the time for you, girl. <laughs> this is great, this is great. <laughs> um, okay, Rebecca, I didn't set you up for this, but I always ask, like to ask people what they're loving these days. Do you okay. have any like, I'm loving this, this makeup, these shoes, this mm. whatever, this, what What are you love? What are you loving these days that you would want to text your girlfriend and say, you got to know about this? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, I can point out 17 things that you have on your body right now that I would, that I'm loving about oh. you, but you go for you. Yeah. I love joggers. I like healed, like wedge tennis shoes as far as clothing. I did finally watch a makeup tutorial the other night. I got like sucked in on Instagram and I was like, oh, so that's how you do the highlighter <laughs> right. and the bronzer and the, and the blush. I don't know. I'm going to see if I can figure that out. And my daughter's like eye rolling slash laughing because she's 14 and she's watched these things before. For sure. This is her life. Um, we got a pool last summer. <gasps> oh. and yeah. It was, it's like, praise God, because, you know, Nashville is like a swamp uh-huh. a little bit in, in the summertime. And Joy completely independent swimming That's within like four amazing. months. So I'm loving like just us all together out there in the evenings. And she's just literally doing somersaults in the deep end yeah. underwater. Like she's a synchronized swimmer. Yeah. And her and Kate laughing so much. I'm also loving, this will be the last thing. So I'm loving reading bedtime stories again. So we pile in the room and Cade now wants to sleep. She's still in a like a toddler bed and he's in the queen bed because it used to be our guest room, but now it's like, hey, joy and guest room. Um, so he's now wanting to sleep down there. And then Gabe will come in and Kennedy and Pierce, they're all piling on this queen bed while I read like belly button book or goodnight moon or whatever. And it's just, and then when they start singing twinkle, twinkle at the top of their lungs, like Cade and joy together. And then we all like harmonize it literally makes me want to cry because there's something about it that just goes, this is what it's about, right? Like just the daily rhythm cadence of every night. We're going to meet back here. Mom's not going to feel shame that she worked today um, because we're going to have these moments of connection that Joy can count on and Kate can count on. And honestly, that I can count on. Um, So I'm loving the simple things at home of us being together because Pierce has only got two more years and we're just... We're not going to talk about that. I, so. so he is a sophomore? Junior. Junior. Okay, yeah. yeah. I have a sophomore this year. Yeah. I could cry in a second thinking yeah. about him leaving. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like we we keep thinking that we have all this time and we don't. And so we don't have to freak about it, but we just need to take advantage of it. For sure. So that's sure. what I'm trying to do. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much. You guys, her book comes out October 1st, which is right around the corner, Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. And if this book is not um, what we need in our lives right now, I don't know what else is. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, friend. Love you. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Friends, I truly appreciate Rebecca's honesty and her heart for God. I told her in the show, she's one of my favorite teachers and she really is. I hope you are walking away from today's happy hour encouraged and inspired to look at the areas in your own life that are in need of a renewal. If you follow me over on Instagram, you may know that I have been trying to do this over the last couple of months. I'm trying to move my body every day. I'm trying to make sure that I'm in God's word every day. I'm taking breaks from social media to help me rest in the things that I know are good and true for me, which is God's word and his presence. Rebecca's book, Rhythms of Renewal, is available on October 1st, but that means that you still have time to pre-order. And when you pre-order Rebecca's book before October 1st, she has some goodies for you. Check it out at RebeccaLyons.com. Also, Rebecca and her husband, Gabe, have launched a podcast related to this topic of renewal called Everyday Rhythms. And you're a listener of podcasts because you're right here listening to me. So it's fun to tell you new shows. So be sure and check it out and look for an interview they did with me coming up soon. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers and this whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is my friend, Latasha Morrison. Latasha is a diversity expert, unity champion, bridge builder, truth teller, grace giver. I love this friend and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversations. I have learned so much from her. I'm continuing to learn from her. I want to be a student of everything she's teaching. So if you don't already know her, go check her out on Instagram. It's at Latasha Morrison. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. If you're at If Lead, please come say hi. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you guys back here next week with my friend, Latasha Morrison. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.